Hey everybody, welcome back to Blurge in Wonderland, where we are walking through the wonder years. It is I, your host, Who Arnold, along with Luna Cooper, Kimbo Fife. Today's episode, we have My Father's Office. It first aired on March 28th, 1988, and it was directed by Jeffrey D. Brown and written by Neil Marlins and Carol Black. So, uh, for this episode, uh, synopsis is after Kevin asks his dad about what he what he does at work, Mr. Arnold brings his son to work at Norcom and shows him around. And boy, do we learn a lot! Yeah. I think I think I think we we finally get to the crux of why Jack comes home the way he does. Yeah, <laughs> right. Get a little a little background. Yeah, I think it's a real nice uh, fleshing out of his father's character mm-hmm. overall. But uh, let's see, it basically it opens up Kevin's sitting at the kitchen table with his mom, and Dad just comes in yelling, <laughs> comes in on ten, just yelling about what his bike being in the in the driveway goes goes in, and then Kevin doubles down. He talks back because he's a smart ass. Yes. Our, our, trying our, it, bruh. our little psycho. He 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 he's he's what he what he say. Jeez, why 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 you gotta why you gotta? I don't even know what he said. It doesn't matter what he said. He, he talked back. He talked he talked back mm-hmm. after after he got told to go. That's no no. Something like relax or something like that. Yeah, he does say something to that effect, right? Why don't you relax? He's like, oh, oh I look. Let me, let me, let me say that to my parents. I couldn't imagine. And and also, can we, since we're talking about Kevin's behavior and their parenting techniques, really funny to me that there's this narrative from Boomers and from Gen X, like, well, when I was your age, I could have never got away with that. Um, yeah. When this show is trying to, I think it's making an effort to be accurate about familial relationships and but maybe not i don't know but this flies in the face of what americans say childhood was like in the 60s right like mm-hmm. it's absolutely absurd to me and then also considering the type of parents that he has the type of dad he has like i said last time he gets away with stuff all the time he says things that to me in my understanding of how someone who was born in the 1950s how they would be raised it just seems it boggles my mind like i i don't get how he gets to like say the things he does maybe it's like he's the exception to the rule because it's just tv but that little boy possibly now i will know because he's the baby there's a time break between that scene and the next scene where he's in his bed crying Mm -hmm. there's a time break yeah, I think like, he he might have actually he might have actually got he might have got, got some, he might have he <laughs> might have this, this might have been the time where he got that work. Yeah, boy. First, he finally got it. I don't think <laughs> he finally got that ass whooping. You can show that on TV. Uh, probably not. Right. So it would make sense. You just it would just not, see him crying. Not, not on this network at this time yet. Like, not be too. That might be too serious. You don't think in the late '80s there'd be spankings on TV? I no. think I don't for I, what the show's trying to be. Spankings on TV? I think for what the show's trying to be, it might have been too much. They probably like you don't have to show that; you can just imply mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. That's what okay. they. Do. 
weird standards and practice. Heavily, I, think, I think they're trying to heavily imply that you know Kevin might have might have got his his you know his butt toe up a little bit. Yeah, he got it right. Yeah, you know <laughs> then his then his dad went to go have, have, have his vodka tonic outside while he looked at the stars. <laughs> right. So he's crying in the bed. He starts trying. Yeah, he's remembering like going to the shore with his family. California. It's another clue towards California. Then, but you know, maybe they don't tell you how far that was, far away that was. Yeah. But I feel you know, because you know, it's California. It might have been close. Mhm, mhm. A little bit of place making in this. Um, right. Like orienting in this um, in this episode for sure, for sure. He remembers oh. going to the shore with his family. I wanted to note that when he came in, like on a ten. Like he looked like he was gonna have a heart attack. Like, like he was going to explode. It's like so much rage, and we see some more of that later. But like he was at like an eleven, right. and then they show him outside of the telescope, and he's like a four, but he's by himself at night. Mm-hmm. So it's like it makes you think like like he's being beaten down by the system. It's like I'm just trying to keep my head above water and support my family. And as soon as I get off of work, I you cannot talk to that person because he's still uh, coming down mm-hmm. and everything is exaggerated. But like you see, when he's finally down, he's finally got his piece. He's what he can be. Uh, and just it's it's kind of sad a little bit, you know? Yeah. It was it, good. It, it, I think people... I don't know. I, so this is something I want to toss at you guys, because in this idea of like with the gender binary um, and with this idea of like what equals masculinity, what equals femininity, what does it mean to be a good husband versus what it means to be a good wife? Like there's all these kinds of things that show up in our culture and in society. Uh, and I think a lot of times. Like even last last episode, I was talking about maybe it was last episode, maybe it was the episode before that, about being, you know, a wife during this time, being a mother during this time, and how difficult I I would find it to be to be a stay at home mother, and like have to deal with all the crap that she has to deal with. But like, honestly, the father Jack has has a lot of pressure. Yeah, he's, he's got the, his own set of problems. Yeah, like he's the he's the sole breadwinner. You know, he's got all these other issues that he's going that he's going through. And while it's it's kind of like hee hee ha ha, like man, he has to have a vodka tonic before he can calm down. Like, but also like, ooh, he has to have vodka before he can calm down. <laughs> like, yeah, yes. Like, so like, how does that? What does that look like to y'all um, in the twenty first century and as black men? Like, how do you look at? the role of being a partner and being a father or or the like today versus like what we're seeing on this show like how do you feel about your manhood and and all of that in in the context of what we're seeing happen to Jack Arnold well i'm married myself and i at a job currently that i don't enjoy that much and i understand how when it when it's stressful it's a lot and you just need like however much time 30 minutes or something uh to come down but to be in a household where it's just you as the breadwinner and i don't know if you know you went into that with like wanting that to be the dynamic but Mm. it's still a lot of pressure period if you're just just the breadwinner um and then you're at a job 
that you may hate. So mm-hmm. it's like psychologically it wears you down, but that's where your uh, upbringing comes into play. Where are you the type that doesn't talk about your feelings or expresses yourself? Because without that, you're going to explode and it's going to come out in the worst possible way. But if you are the one that kind of expresses himself and shares with their partner or something, then it, it makes it it makes it a little easier that you can talk to someone and you don't have to rely on that toxic masculinity where, you know, you're not supposed to open up. You're not supposed to feel tired or weak or something. You know, you sleep when you die. Like, fuck all that, man. You're, you're a human being. Like not everything is great, you know, like, and, but like when you're a partner to someone and, and, you know, head of a household or just a parent, you, you kind of bargain with yourself or you tell yourself, this is, what being a parent or a husband, even a wife still, um, is about is you make sacrifices and you're willing to make those sacrifices. But like, you know, that's just a, a grand gesture. But in the meantime, you know, doing those sacrifices every day, you know, they're not going to always see you stressing out and yelling in the car, going through traffic and then coming home like tired and beaten down probably wearing a tie that's too tight because you don't even like wearing a tie <laughs> you know and and then like your kids in your face asking dumb questions or talking back and it's like my immediate reaction not not even due to this kid but my immediate reaction is to to yell or hit something and you got to like step out of that and be like oh my god let me take a second because they don't know Right. And that's that's where I think um, it's not necessarily tied to men, but like I think that's where men should define themselves is making those decisions in the moment where you don't go off just pure emotion and instinct to like just be angry and stuff because men say they're not emotional. We're very emotional. You got to take the second and think about people outside of yourself and think, OK, what all do they know about me? Do they know what I'm doing day to day and minute to minute? No. So let me take this time and communicate instead of just yell at, you know, or talk at, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree 100%. And in the interest of time, I'm not going to really explain. (laughs) That's Um, a little much. No, it was yeah. good. I mean, no, it's, it was, it was, you were you were on the on the net on you know on the head. I don't really think I need to really expound on it. I'll just you know cosign. Uh, so let's get back to the show, to uh, the episode. After well, it moves to the next day. After you know, you see his dad out there watching watching looking at the stars as he you know says he does from time to time, and they're on the bus. Oh and, boy. They're talking about what they want to do when they get older. I think it's funny. Every, every, everybody, everybody wants to be a baseball player. <laughs> yeah, that's the most that's the popular answer. I mean, they get paid so well, but you know, they, they, they don't, do they do they have a salary cap? They don't have a salary cap. That's why they, they, they just get paid out the ass. They don't have a salary cap. <laughs> so of course, yeah, I don't need a baseball player. There's no capital cap on what I can make. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Same shit. Mm-hmm. I, I I guess I would be willing to guess that like baseball is probably 
one of the more appealing sports at this time. It felt like really like this is what America is, is baseball. And then football was right after that. Mm. It also feels more established. Like baseball feels more, I don't know. I feel like it feel to me 1968 seems early for football. Uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm making that up in my head, but it seems <laughs> early for the NFL. And so I just feel like baseball had been around and it was like more popular. I feel like in the late yeah. If I look if I think about like any other form of media where they look back during the 60s, it felt like baseball was like the thing to watch like baseball yeah. was a big influence everybody was like watching the world series and stuff like that like it was like a major part of their life more than like the super bowl i was trying to see how if 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 george carlin doing baseball and football he is his george carlin has a bit called baseball and football mm-hmm. it's one of his early bits i can't remember when he did it first i was wondering if it was about this time because it, it, it's it's really funny and if you've never heard it you should you should go listen to it um, but how do how do you have your fallback position to be a football player? Because <laughs> you don't know better, which is actually a, a worse fallback. <laughs> it's a worse fallback. It's like yeah, way not- more dangerous. Way right. oh my god, much shorter, much shorter career. Right, and that's not to mention I'm pretty sure like. I wonder what the I really wonder if you compare compare the averages between like the MLB, NFL, and NBA. What you know where uh, where the NFL would fall like in on average all like players, salary yeah average salary including all players mm. top and bottom. Mm, I wouldn't know. So it says okay. Are you looking it up for us? Yeah, I'm looking it up. So hold these numbers. Nineteen during the seventies. Okay. Cool. Okay, during the seventies, a range. The average salary was from twenty thousand to sixty thousand. Okay, so then I'm gonna look up for for this. What what, what uh, sport is that? That's for football and baseball. It's actually on par. Um, it was a huge jump from sixty seven to to nineteen seventy. Um, the minimum salary. In '67, for baseball, was six thousand, and the average was nineteen thousand. But if we're comparing decades, um, baseball, the range was about twelve thousand to forty. No, the average was between twenty nine thousand and forty four thousand. Interesting. Huh. Okay. So it's comparable. I'm yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's about about the same. Yeah. All right. So and he said, "Well, if not that, whatever my father does." <laughs> He doesn't even know what his father does. <laughs> just do what he does. I'm just working Norcom. Just working Coming Norcom. back home. <laughs> angry. Being angry every day. That's what I'm going to do. No, no, no. But, but Kevin, 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 Kevin's fallback was astronaut, which, which I thought was nice. Mm-hmm. You know, Quite the projection. Right. It's like, oh, it's also, yeah, sure. it's also such a very small child dream. Like, not that like people don't dream of being an astronaut, but like a lot of small children would jump to astronaut because it just seems so, uh, not to be funny, out of this world. So it's like, <laughs> that's really interesting, you know. But, you know, astronaut back then, it's that's 68. Um, yeah, Apollo. That's Apollo. Yeah, Apollo no. 8 was the first manned mission, uh, first crewed mission to the to the moon. And yeah, so Apollo 8 happened in December of 1968. 
This was uh, like peak space popularity right here. Yeah, like it hadn't happened yet. So of course he's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be an astronaut. Because if you think about it, like those are the coolest guys. Right. Star Trek, Boxing. Star Wars. It's 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 happening, baby. We're going to yeah. space. Well, yeah. Star Wars was Star Wars was like 72, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he would have been in high school when Star Wars comes out, right? <laughs> you gotta, you, space has to gain popularity for Star Wars to even be interesting. Right. right. They have to, or you're like, does. like, what is right. this? Why are they outside of Earth fighting? They have to get what is that to- even? And I'm sure that they're talking about it in school, too, right? Like, their science yeah. teacher, I'm sure, is talking it up. Because it's in the news, right? It's like, oh, yeah. by December, we're going to go to the moon. There's going to be a manned mission to the moon or a manned craft to the moon. So it's like, oh, my gosh, this is a big deal. Oh, it only, only, or, only orbited. Well, I'm just, well yeah. But, it, but they got some really great pictures. I mean, better than any that I've ever taken of the moon. And I live in 2021. Yeah, I'm talking about they had pictures of the Earth from Apollo 8. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I mean. Great. <laughs> like, and I, and I'm pretty sure they. I'm pretty. Sure, I can't remember, but I think that does come up. Oh yeah. I feel like yeah. there's a few small children in that classroom. Like it's fake. The Earth is flat. <laughs> the Earth is flat. <laughs> and they the eventually grew up. Hello. <laughs> they to keep saying that on the internet. And we know where they are now. I can pinpoint those exact people and where they were on January 6. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. That's exactly. <laughs> what I'm all right. So, I think so. The, so their the whole conversation about about fallback decisions devolves into the fact that nobody knows what the hell their father does for work. <laughs> if you're like middle management anywhere, like nobody knows what you do. He works nobody. in business, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he manages business, idiot. He's a manager. He's a manager, which is also like. I can imagine in the 80s that was a great shot at middle management. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. For sure. And then and then it devolves even further into fart noises because Because yeah. like, 12 and 13 year old say, boys. Yeah, what if you my brother noises. saves the dignity of our family and then that's it. They had to work together because they both would have been embarrassed. Right. <laughs> we gotta come together. Our names on the line. <laughs> it's like Bart and Lisa coming together. Like, hey, we gotta work together just one time. <laughs> we can we can go back to hate each other tomorrow, but yeah. for right now, you use the logic. I'll use the fart noises. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and when they get home, guess what's on TV, guys? I can't. What's on TV? Vietnam. Yeah. It's always Vietnam. What's on TV in this first season? Is I'm pretty sure always going to be Vietnam. Huh. At least, at least, at least when we can see the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, later, later on, when the dad just watches watching the news, you can hear other stuff that's not Vietnam. But when you can see the TV in, in the kitchen, it's always Vietnam. Right. The mother's just driving herself even sad, making herself even sadder about Brian Cooper. Right, and again, I've not forgotten. It's that constant feeling, and I mean, I, if there was any lis- listeners that were um, alive and well during Vietnam, love to, you know, get a message on our socials about how you feel about this. But it just feels like uh, Vietnam was exactly like that. It's always in the background. It's always constant. I mean, it's it's just there. It's just a part of what life was like mm-hmm. in. The US. I, think, I think that's that's also kind of what, what what drove the anti-war movement is that, that it was literally in everybody's face. So, mm-hmm. You know, it's just like 
and it gets kept dragging on. And, and because like, of the draft. Oh, yeah, the draft. So it's like you. Everybody was touched. Like everybody was affected by it. Mm-hmm. it wasn't like everybody it was had to have an yeah. opinion because you couldn't yeah. just ignore it. Unless right. unless you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth and you could uh, <clears throat> claim, Can, you know, stuff like bone spurs and. Oh my God! And and uh, and other and other ailments to <laughs> dodge. Burn spurs, they, them bone spurs can get you, bro. You never know. <laughs> that's probably what got. That's probably what got Brian Cooper. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! Guys, my foot. <laughs> Get out, Brian! Get out! Brian went out. Brian went out like Bubba Gump. Brian went out like uh, Bubba Gump and Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It was Kevin. Bubba, you, you, his, his last name was not Go. You keep saying Bubba. Oh, I know. That's right, Bubba. We will. We'll, we'll edit it in, in with you saying saying his name correctly. <laughs> I'm going with Bubba Gump. Shit, they was cousins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's. I'm pretty sure that's what his what his kids say. Yeah, that's canon. That's canon. So Kevin asked his mom. Right. What does dad do? What does dad does much like much like the jockstrap. <laughs> right. right. She just yes. like walks yes. all the way around what he does, but she does. She actually does say exactly what he does. Mm. He's a manager of distribution and product support services, yeah. which is actually, if you know business, a very descriptive title. It yeah, just feels like a mission statement. Like that's all. Right. It feels very much like the um, job description they give you when you first start a job, but that's actually not what you really do in your day-to-day life. Like sell propane and propane accessories. (laughs) Okay, tank. (laughs) But I think think after watching this episode, I think I actually get what he does. You know, he is literally middle management. Yes. Mm -hmm. He oversees... The people that work on distribution, mm-hmm. so he oversees, you know, shipping and receiving, and those guys are idiots, apparently. Clearly, <laughs> but yeah, it's really funny. And he comes home. He asks him how how his day was. He says, day, "Day's a day." <laughs> right. So that- nobody likes answering questions in this show. Like clearly, it is what it is. It is what it is. Work is work. Travels and traffic. Especially okay. when it's thrown into a cafeteria. <laughs> sex is sex. <laughs> a jock strap is a jock strap. Like, it's a strap for jocks. <laughs> so, so good. What, after dinner when his father's watching TV and he he gently he approaches because, you know, he knows being too loud or making too yes. many quick movements will set his dad off. Like, dad. <laughs> he asks his dad what he does and he gives my favorite answer <laughs> I shovel other people's crap around all day just so you kids can eat just so you kids can eat <laughs> like, yes. like I do this for your ungrateful ass like okay. so stop asking me questions like damn nigga I didn't, I didn't hire you calm down <laughs> right now, I, I wanted to check for anachronism. I, I double-checked the commercial that was on because the commercial that was on during that was the original Buckle Up for Safety commercial. Yeah. Yes. I that. And I was like, it was like maybe, took maybe 
three or four more decades for people to be like, all right, let me go ahead and put this seatbelt on. <laughs> and if you listen closely, it says, buckle up if your car has a seatbelt. Yep, it sure did say <laughs> Hey, man. Still, I don't think at that time we still weren't, not all cars had seatbelts. Yeah, they're it trying to meet you in the middle. Crazy. Like, listen, you probably don't have one, but if you do, please put something on. Yeah, just try it out. And I'm just like, that is absolutely wild. How, like, you think how long, like, from the advent of cars till it took them to mandate seatbelts at them? At some point, they were like, listen, I think we should talk about how many people are flying outside of these cars. And <laughs> I think if we had, like, to stop that? Uh, like, I mean, people put their arms up. I don't think that's working. <laughs> They're going really fast. Uh, we tell them to slow down. That's not working. Some. I, I don't know. Now, if we can put like a strap or something. They are strapped you know I mean? into their capsules. What if we tried that with cars? Oh, my God. <laughs> They're never going to do it. <laughs> but, but, but we should put it there so they so they have at least have the option. Oh, my God. Do you think well, a law would be too much? What if a we just is- did commercials? Yeah, we should. We should. We should tell. We should just tell them a suggestion. A suggestion. A suggestion. We should, we should suggest we'll make. Them. We'll make safety a suggestion. Oh my we should suggest God. that they be safe in their everyday lives. Easy peasy. Right. You know, that, that'll save so much money on now, You know, instead of actually putting seatbelts in all our cars. Took a while. It took a it took a lot of death. Ameri- <laughs> Americans are stubborn. Like, fuck Very you. Stubborn. They just wait till like two hundred thousand people will die, and they're like, "All right, maybe you got a point. I'll consider it." I mean, look where we are now. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Shoot, show them the numbers. They're like, I don't know, bro. Okay, so it says. In the interest of safety, Volvo made the new seatbelt design available to other car manufacturers for free. <laughs> so Volvo. Yes. And so in 1968, Perfect. from 1968 onward, the three-point seatbelt was required in all American cars. Okay. So this is this was... So that's... Yeah, that that's... That, okay. Yep, that was the that year that they... Mandated the seatbelts. Yes, in all new vehicles that were created. So of course uh, everybody doesn't get a new car. Um, I wonder if, I wonder if Brian nice. Cooper's fifty-seven. Okay, I knew it. I knew it. I knew you were gonna say it. Brian Cooper would have been like, "Fuck you! I'm not putting a seatbelt in this car." Nah, Brian Cooper. Would Hold up. Let me. Let's. Let's. You know what? The internet is a wonderful thing. 1957 wow. El Ain't no way that thing had a seatbelt. That, that, his particular one definitely didn't have no seatbelt. didn't even have wheels. Brian Cooper does not look like a seatbelt person. <laughs> Cooper, Brian Cooper's dead ghost complimented Kevin on kissing his sister. But that was sarcasm, I think. It was like, oh, congrats. You're kissing my sister at my funeral. Good job, buddy. Yeah, you're a real stand-up guy, Kevin Arnold. He was like, you're a man after my own heart or whatever. (laughs) But if he wasn't being sarcastic, wouldn't that make him a terrible person? That's that's the point that I'm making. Oh, no. No, I don't like that. (laughs) Brian Cooper does not wear seatbelts. Brian Cooper deserved death. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, whoa. I'm calling it now. He said the wrong thing to somebody. I don't know. Maybe uh, Paul. And passing, and Paul snapped on that ass. 
Oh my the god! Same. And killed him with the knife that was in Kevin's locker. Yeah, for sure. And no, it wasn't in ro- Kevin's locker. It was in the bully's locker. Well, it's the bully's locker now. Yeah, next next to his his uh, literal weeds. Oh, <laughs> hold up! Stop! Wait. There was no El Camino in 1957. You're kidding. 59. We caught with. I, now, I wrote down 57. I could have been wrong. I could have heard it wrong. I'll go. I'll, I'll check it out because I'm starting to think Brian Cooper is not a man that we knew at all. <laughs> See, I hope so. Kinda I mean, shady, bro. But but I, I also I also I also posit you, I could have wrote a nine, and just read seven. Okay, hold on. You about to ruin this whole man's <laughs> reputation. I could I could have I could have wrote nine and said seven. And I'm coming. I'm looking at it. If I was in a hurry, a nine with a very very small loop can look like a seven. Well, this. Okay, so Chevy didn't start the El Camino until 59. Right, right. I know that. I'm looking at that, but I'm, I'm saying, what did he say in the episode? I'm looking no, at it right now. The thing is that they said supposedly there were one of seven built for the 1957 Detroit Auto Show. Ooh. And he got one? No. Listen, I don't know. We don't know what. What? what? Brian Cooper. Oh, man. Who is this man? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Brian's dead, bro. I don't think he's dead at all. No, Brian is. Listen, he's working for the United States in the Cold War. Like he, he's in Russia right now. Like, yeah, Brian is not dead. He faked his death. Brian is probably a thirty-six-year-old man. <laughs> when he's probably like, you know, I've never seen baby pictures. I don't know where he came from. I just Brian's actually Winnie's dad. It's like a whole. Oh thing. no! Oh wow! <laughs> it's a whole thing. They're actually a whole spy family, it's like Spy Kids. Not like Spy I hope, Kids. I, I can't wait for season four when they're revealed as a spy family. <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's a, it's it's a big reveal. It's 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 really messy. It, okay, so he said fifty nine El Camino. He did say fifty nine. Okay, fifty nine. Okay, so he's got he's got a first generation El Camino. Okay, yeah. why does he need to fix it up already? And it's already beat up. But it, I mean, it's ten years old. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Old. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna need to uh, <laughs> go back in. <laughs> oh well, people do that in episodes all the time. They'll be like correction from. Right. Right. I'm not correct. So, shit. I'm just gonna put keep all this in there that we just went down a rabbit hole and we got ourselves. I love out. it. I love it. All right, it. that's fine. All right, so this is an official correction. Brian Cooper had a 59 El Camino. That's the only correction. He was still shady. Honestly, and possibly Russian. We should, we should we should add we should add it on to the end of the episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, that's, that's a, even on to the end of the episode. Footnote. So yeah. we don't. So we don't get get comments from the peoples on the internet about being wrong. We don't need the well action. <laughs> Welcome. I, let them comment. <laughs> let them tell us it's wrong. Engage. You think I was wrong? Prove me wrong. Tell me I was wrong. Well, no. I really meant that he had a, 50, a fifty-seven because it was the my, like the original. <laughs> right. I'm after pro- the Detroit, they're going to correct you about what I'm Auto show. His name is so- actually Kevin. It's pronounced Kevin. <laughs> oh my God. 
there's two. So during the episode, he's watching the commercial about buckling up, which is funny for a lot of different reasons, right? Like, yeah, that, that was that was that was the hole we fell down. Yeah, yeah. Which not least of which, like, <laughs> yeah, we didn't just fall down. I feel like that hole was sitting there. We got some shovels to make space, and then we jumped in. It wasn't really falling. Jumped in there and just started like, traveling. That's like funny. Basically, after that. Norma, he is blown off by his dad, and Norma steps up to him and is like, "Hey, wait a minute, your son just wants just wants to you know connect with you, man. Fuck him. That's, his, that's, that's, that's how he acts. Fuck that's him. his response at first. He's like, fuck these kids. And it's really more like fuck that job. Right. Like, what, why does he want to know about my fucking job? Like, why does he want to know? It's, it's, a, shitty, it's a shitty right. job. Why does he want to know about it? Right. And she doesn't know. She doesn't know to be like, why don't you tell him about this? She just like, well, tell him about the stuff you do. <laughs> you know, the stuff you do. Right. She can't even really get into it with him. So then they transition to go to, to Kevin's room, and Kevin's sitting there in the dark. Milking like, it with this dramatic ass serial killer, bro. It was, the same, it was the same, the same type of dark after, as when he was sitting in the, in the beginning with crying after he got his ass whooped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, it's, it's that dark serial killer sit, sitting in sitting in, in a dark room, plotting murders and shit. It's his origin story. But I get so this was, it was at this point in time where, when when his dad comes in and starts talking. I get the feeling that his dad really. Hates his job. Hates his job. Yes, he hates it, and you can tell before you even get to see it. Yeah, he's like struggling to tell him, as if like he's trying to. He's trying to explain prison to his son. Like, what's it like? <laughs> uh, there's four walls, a ceiling, uh, and he's like, re- like you can feel, like, you can feel him like really like doing his best to try to describe it. But knowing that it crushes your soul, but he's like, I can't tell my child that it crushes your fucking soul and I want to die every day. Um, uh, I'm a manager. uh, 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 Do you want to come to work with me tomorrow? (laughs) Just just come see see for yourself. Do you want to just just look at it or something? Because I'm not comfortable. (laughs) <laughs> it's so low emotion he's so stiff he's like he just doesn't know how to handle this because he really just doesn't know how to tell his son he hates his fucking job and he and he i think he already has trouble communicating period yeah just just with everything that's probably led up to this time just everything in his life and he's just like i don't know how to talk anymore because i've died inside and <laughs> all i know is yelling and and if i say something do it which is why I uh, yelled at you about that goddamn bike in the driveway. I'm gonna post. I'm gonna post a uh, a funny comic strip about being dead inside on our webpage when we get it. This is where the address will go, and it'll be mm-hmm. edited in. Blah 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 blah. Dot gov. <laughs> dot gov. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Anyways, so yeah, he's he's gonna go to work with his dad. Um, he's got his little business suit. Yeah, uh, Kimbo, you ever go to work? Go to work with your parents? Uh, not my dad, cause I didn't have one. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, like I have one, but like I said, I said, I said, parents. I, I didn't want to assume. Yeah, yeah, I went with my mother mm-hmm. once. Um, she took me up there. 
she was a paralegal at the time. Uh, it was boring. Uh, I just mostly sat under the table. And then I would hang out with one of her coworkers who had narcolepsy. That was interesting. <laughs> uh, but yeah, office settings can be kind of boring. Yeah, they are. They're, they're kind of boring. Yeah. Kind of? Like, it's not like, oh, my dad's a firefighter and you got some activities that everybody wants to look into. We're like, I work in an office. What do you do? Nothing you can comprehend, but sit down. Right. My, my dad's in IT. Mm-hmm. You know, it was only helpful that, you know, I was really into computers, so he could just sit me at a computer. Yeah. You know, right. I was, I, I think I was actually really lucky. My dad worked for uh, Girl Scouts. Uh-huh. And uh, so I used to go into their office and they actually had a computer for the kids of the employees who would come into the office. And so I just go on it and play some right. games. Did you learn how to play Minesweeper? Yes, I, I learned how to play Minesweeper. Minesweeper is one of my favorite educational games. I'll, I'll, I'll pause it. I'll, you know, and, uh, oh, nobody wants to play that. Right, it's the Girl Scouts, of course. But, you know, hey, 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 but I beast those educational games and I learned a lot of stuff. It's why I'm like oh, this repository for a lot of pop culture and random historical knowledge. Because I sat there during my summers trying not to go bother my dad. <laughs> And trying not to have my, my cheeks pinched by the by the by the ladies in the office because oh you're so yes. cute oh my god you're so much bigger than you were the last time you came in you know all the you know just 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 like what happened to Kevin yeah they used they used to happen that used to happen to me same I had no history or any issues going with my dad to work with people pinching my cheeks because my father was a commodity relocation specialist as he would like to define it also known as a long road truck driver <laughs> <laughs> i was i was all right, i'm glad relocation i love it commodity i was going to say he's a he's a, he's a repo man Right. But those are commodities. Those are luxuries. Yeah. Yeah, no, he definitely took my sister and I. Uh, I don't think he's supposed to do this, but on more than one occasion, we went with him in his truck, in his cab, or whatever. Um, one time, we got to go to Canada. And the, the, the strongest memory I have of going to work with my dad was uh, one time I had to pee in a cup because uh, we couldn't get out the car. <laughs> And not stopping. And oh, right, right. Because truckers pee in bottles. Right. And you, you got like, two little girls with you. And my dad is just like, look, we can't stop. I got to make time. You got to you gotta pee in the yeah. cup. And we had I, I in the cup. And we were eating. I remember we ate so many, so much White Castle. And that, so that's my like strong memories of going <laughs> eating White Castle and peeing in cups. So love you, dad. Love you, Mr. Cooper. You're the best. I love uh, you too. That's, I don't know why. That's, that's what he sounds. Okay. <laughs> that's what I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> I will say though that scene where all of the adults like surround Kevin when he first gets to Norcom made me feel really uncomfortable. Like I don't like that feeling of lots of people crowding around me, and I yeah. know. As a child, intentional too. The way yeah. the camera, they made the camera, the camera, yeah, the, the really camera, first camera angle was so perfect for that. Like, yeah. it's the claustrophobic. I'm being surrounded by people. Oh my god. Yeah, I definitely felt that. They did a great job with the shooting of that scene because I was like, ugh, I could just smell the old people breath. I could just imagine, ugh. I ah. just, 
Well, be, be, before we get in, get 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 into, uh, at, at work that that morning while, while they're at breakfast, and he comes out and his <laughs> and his and Karen's like, and, you know, he asks, he asks how how he looks, and Karen's like like a running dog, capitalist pig. <laughs> yeah, I was like, my God, <laughs> all the way in there, bro. He's just got glasses now. Right, right. Yes, you also. I think that that's the that's the other thing. The the the, the really 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 slow arc of Karen getting going full hippie is just like you can see it like full on hippie she's got the glasses now and it's like (laughs) she i mean she's she's i guess well versed in her uh marxist propaganda at least does her research man do your own research (laughs) (laughs) oh man and also like the nice little uh you know just giving a little bit to the wayne character like Wait, he gets to miss school? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I never bad. got to he's go to dad with work. Like, no, wait he's like, no, wait a up. minute. I, I want to miss school. Can I come with? No. No. Stay your ass at home. Go go to school. If don't nobody else need to go to school. It's your goofy ass. It, it, it kind of like, it's kind of like uh, Kevin is going because he asked questions and he's right. curious. So it's like, okay, yeah, sure. Why not? But you know, then they feel like, well, what the fuck did, why is he so special? It's like, well, because he acts. But then there, I think you can probably posit that, like, uh, Wayne is like, well, I thought we weren't supposed to fucking talk to this guy. Like, I'm going to follow the fucking rules. And he breaks them and gets rewarded and treated like, I love you, son. We're going to do stuff together. Fuck you. I did what you asked me to do. I don't talk to you. I don't breathe at you. I don't even make eye contact. And I got to go now, to school. Like you go to work, we all got our jobs, and he gets treated. What? The, what? What the hell is this? See, I feel like Wayne is going to get the short end of the stick. Like he's an asshole, but like I feel like he's trying. He. It feels like he is the kid that actually is following the rules. He's not really trying no, them like Kevin no, he's not. or Karen. He's, he's not following any rules. <laughs> nah. Can, can, do we have to go back to go back to the first two episodes to, to remember what Wayne has done? To Kevin, yeah, but that's to Kevin. That's to Kevin. That's not like to the parents. There's there's a different relationship there where he's like, listen, I'm I'm staying between the lines, man. Because you no. saw when he had the book and they're fighting, that, he, he can't be that good because he's got two beatdowns from dad. Right. Well, listen, right. that may have been the only two that that he needed. He was like, listen, I don't enjoy this. Let me straighten up and fly right. But and Kevin, who's never been touched, really apparently, that's what he did. Does it no. look like that's what he did? <laughs> I don't know. It, it may be implied that he just cries in the corner. Look, Kevin got to school and his homeroom teacher's like, you're Wayne's right, brother. Right. Oh, yeah, you're right. But I'm, I'm, no, no, no. I'm, I'm trying to establish that to everybody. He is a problem. But when it comes to his parents, he more or less tries his hardest to look like He's, standing he's not a problem. Life. Yeah, he's trying to seem like he's not a problem. So it's like when it comes to his like dad, he's not a problem, but while still yes. main, he's, well, he's still a problem. Oh, know what you you okay? Let me tell you why you kind of bring up a good point. Why I may be able to be convinced to be on your side. I, 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 I feel definitely feel where you're coming from, though. No, because my okay. So my bonus dad's brother, so my uncle Paul, he when he was a little kid, he went to school. He would um, like he would never get in trouble. He would do like so well, but then he was coming home and like acting up really bad. And so mm-hmm. the whole 
time they're thinking, well, our son is like misbehaving at home, so it's time for parent teacher conferences. And they're like preparing themselves, like <laughs> they're gonna be our son is this horrible kid. <laughs> and so the teacher's like, Oh, Paul's the best, he's the greatest helper. And so they get home and they talk to him about it. They're like, Why, why are you behaving so well at school? But at home, we can't get you to do anything. And he's like, Well, I figured. Between home and school, you would want me to behave at school over home. So y'all told me not to embarrass y'all in front of these folks. Look, right. So what? <laughs> it, I've only got so many good behaving hours in a day. So what do right? you want from me? So I'm, I'm picking and choosing now. Wayne is like, look, I'm a teenage boy. What do you want from me? I can behave with my brother, or I can behave with y'all. I'm choosing to Basically. be good with y'all. And want? if they're not around, he's like, fuck Kevin, I'm gonna beat him up. <laughs> like he just Kevin could just be like reason. He's, like, like, he's like, fuck Kevin, I'm gonna beat him up. Uh, but yeah, Wayne was just mad. He's like, so back back to the so back to the office. After after Kevin gets attacked by all the women and and and, and the other guy in the office. He's right. like and they ask him, Oh, so you want you wanna go into distribution like your father? <laughs> Kevin's like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I'm I haven't even been here an hour. Right. I don't I haven't been here long enough to decide if I want to ever come here again. I don't want to work <laughs> with y'all, I know that. <laughs> you see the incompetence Child. that he has to deal with. Oh man. People forgetting forgetting where stuff stuff is, sending stuff to the wrong place. I'm like, oh man. Constantly on the phone. Can't even like take a second really. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, Kevin gets to see it, and he's like, "Huh?" He just sits there and just observes everything. Mm-hmm. Mister Keller calls. And he's like, "No, no, tell him, tell him the way. We're gonna go get some coffee." And he takes his coffee black, which I think is the first sign he's a fucking serial killer. Yeah, no, not the first sign. It's like the fifth sign, sixth. It's a sign that he takes his coffee black. He tried because he. I say that he was trying to do it because he thinks that's the adult thing, but you can see that he didn't enjoy it. Right. Like, like, yeah, I'll take trying it back. And it's like, oh, fuck, like, what is this? Yeah. It's, it's again this whole idea of him trying on adulthood, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like he with the clothes and with his like some of the things he's saying and the behaviors and like rubbing her head while he was kissing her for the first time like all these different things he's just like seen it in a movie yeah exactly it's like this is what grown-ups do like grown-ups drink coffee and they drink it black and it's like a thing that they do but like obviously not that cheap shit that's at your but who the fuck I will I will say this like I'm lactose intolerant if I don't if I can't get you know oat milk cream or at least or at least like you know you know almond or, or coconut milk creamer uh-huh. I'm gonna drink my coffee black but with sugar I don't think he took sugar in that, in that stuff yeah that doesn't count as it being black if you add sugar to it like and it's, the minute you add something it's no longer black it's no longer black you've sweetened it so <laughs> But before he gets the coffee, remember he's in the office and then has his little Bobby's World dream scenario. Bomb ass. Where he's the he's now the the man in charge and he's feverishly stamping documents because you're all fucking idiots and you need me to carry this company. And he has like his brother as a subordinate 
literally come in on his hands and knees, literally sucking up, and he's like, "No, no, you're still horrible. Get out!" And he leaves on his hands and knees, groveling, like, "Thank you for seeing me." Like he's still a child, and he still wants to like, he still wants to like get one over on his big brother who like. Uh, tortures him, so he's right. still a child there, even though he's trying to imagine himself in an adult scenario. Yeah. Right. He he said like he's 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 a big person, you know, I mean, a little person playing out big person scenarios. And I just remembered the Rugrats dream where they're big people with little heads with their same. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like they just have adult bodies with the same heads. It's very disturbing. And also, like it's it's. Another thing that's very similar to this is Tom Hanks in Big, where mm-hmm. it's like you're still a child, but like you're very an adult. problematic movie. Yeah, very <laughs> problematic for multiple reasons. But nobody talks about it. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely like some pedophilia going on. But here's we'll, I'll, have, gonna, to, I'll have, have to mark that down for for things. Yeah, we'll have, have to say that without that's, going that's, into it. I'll say she knew. She knew yeah. the whole time, and knew, yet still, and that's gonna go on our Patreon. So, pa- or what? Patreon content. Patreon to subscribe. So yeah, so I think like, of course, right? Like a twelve-year-old imagining themselves at work. I remember when I was I was about the same age. I was twelve years old, and I didn't know what my mom did. I just knew she worked at an office, and I was bored one day. I was probably ten. Yeah, I was closer to ten. Yeah, and I was like. I, my mom said something about proofreading and we had just kind of learned that um like how to proofread your sentences so i made up like proofreading tasks for myself and i was pretending mm-hmm. to be my mom at work and i'm like doody doody do i'm on a computer type 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 clack 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 gotta proofread like because i don't have <laughs> to what the hell that means like what the i don't know why it is like when we were children playing house or whatever it was mocking adults we had to announce what we're doing like gotta proofread (laughs) gotta make dinner for the kids like you never heard your parents anybody do that when we just had to i don't know why we did that (laughs) we had we had to let anybody watching and it was nobody let them know what we're doing let them know let the zero people who are watching it's like that thing on social media nobody colon right Little Luna, type, 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 clickety clack clack. I'm <laughs> proofreading right now. Yeah, we didn't know which. Sh- we didn't know what show not tell was. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we were all tell. How we would they know? Tell. You got to tell them. Clack clack right. clack, clickety clack clack. I'm at work. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what I do now, and I have a job, and I'm an adult. Boom, boom, so you boom. don't. So you don't get fired. I'm at <laughs> work. Click, click, I'm click, at work. Clack. Clicky clack clack. I'm doing my job right now. So after that, we kind of get to like I think probably the, like the the crux of the episode where he finally like during while they're having that that coffee like they he they finally get to brass tacks. Yeah. He asks his dad, "What did you want to when you when you know what did you want to do when you grew up when you were my age?" What was you your tell- fallback? No. Oh, how was it? Is that what he said? Like, what was you when right? you grew up? And then he said, "What was your fallback?" And he said, "What was your fallback?" And he, and we say he said, "Captain of a ship." And I was like, "Huh?" I think because I think he said, "Like, did you? What is it that you want to be, grow up? Did you always want to work at Norcom?" And he's like, "No, no, no, I didn't. No one dreams of working at <laughs> <Yeah>. Norcom, <laughs> right? Like, this isn't what I dreamed I do." 
he said, what did you, or something like that. And he's like, uh, captain of a ship. He's like, oh, I never would have guessed that. And just oh. like, you're just watching him kind of try to be honest with his son, but not snuff out that little light that you can have dreams. Right. But like, they're not always going to come true. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that that's very important. He kind of like tries to measure his son's expectations. Mm-hmm. Right. So they are talking about Kevin and his dad are talking about what they wanted to be when they grow up. So, of course, the obvious question for the listeners, what did y'all want to be when you grow up? And of course, I'm going to ask you guys, what did y'all want to be when you were 12? What did you want to be when you grew up? Serial killer. No. So in in, in the comments, please, please let us know what you wanted to be. And, 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 And I'll tell you right now that uh, some of the earliest things that I I wrote when that I wanted to be when I grew up, I believe one of the first things I said, president. Uh, sometime around eight or nine, as a president, I I've said, and then and then sometime around the beginning of of high school, like fourteen, I think I I switched to agent because of uh entourage ari gold mm. i kind of uh, wanted to be ari gold but you know not an asshole i thought you meant like secret agent like 007 nah, nah, like nah. harry the platypus <laughs> yeah i thought you meant nah, i'm talking i'm talking i'm talking like like entertainment agent Got that it. was that was what i wanted to be and president and entertainment agent so ronald reagan cool yeah i also also wanted i also wanted to go to duke because that was back back because when i was like eight that was the only like one of the only colleges i knew i was like one of the most popular colleges for a while too yeah but but then i realized i don't really like duke (laughs) yeah i'm and I much more preferred North Carolina if we were if we were talking about that particular rivalry. Um, <laughs> in case there are any sports fans out there, such a guy growing up in the nineties. My goodness. <laughs> I mean, after that, I wanted to go to University of Louisville. Go Cards. Wait, what did you say? Go who? Cards. I thought you said go karts. I was go- like, did they specialize in go karts or something? Like- Universal <laughs> University of Louisville. Go Cards. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, gotta use your context clues. I, I figure I was wrong, but, <laughs> but in the world we live in, you just never know. You just never know. You just never know. Be like, yeah, they actually invented go karts, and that's really inspiring. What did you want to be when you were twelve years old, life? Uh, I wanted to be a wrestler. I wanted to be a wrestler since I was like eight. Professional, like like, like professional like, wrestler. Not like, like a not 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 like gold medal eventually it not like to olympic level but i would have well so i was eight years old or or so and i saw wrestling like i would watch (laughs) wrestling every once in a while i didn't know really what it was i just knew like it was on tv right and some when you're young you don't necessarily have control of the tv so whatever's on is on and i saw it and i was like well that's interesting to look at and at one time i see as it was back then yeah. Yes, WWF, baby. And I you saw WrestleMania like, twelve. Yeah, and I saw Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart, and I was like, "This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen." And I got hooked ever since then. And I was like, "That's what I want to do." And 
and I think I was in high school, uh, sophomore year, and I tried out for the wrestling team. And he was like, you you made it like with ease, like you have so much talent and all that. And I was like, yeah, I know. I'm pretty good. And so I had to get a physical, though. And my numbers were looking funny. And long story short, I had to get a liver transplant. But like later down the line, but I was not allowed to do any physical contact sports. So that was crushing. But like I still have so much love for professional wrestling. But like that's what I wanted to do. That is so sad and sweet. Yeah, well that's 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 <laughs> kinda wild. Yeah. Oh, mine is not nearly that emotional. I just I just wanted to be an ambassador. <laughs> More specifically, I wanted to be an ambassador to a country that spoke French. Here's I'm glad you specified it. I right, you, I'm, like, it's just in general. My, I just wanted to be an ambassador. Ambassador to where? So <laughs> for I honeycombs. To be an ambassador because <laughs> when I was a kid, and not a super young kid, um, but I was again around that like 10, 11, 12, and Please, y'all, these listeners, don't judge me. Listen, I grew up the way I grew up. Okay, I didn't. I didn't. So much. There's so much to work with, though. (laughs) I I know there's so much to judge. So I was watching. We didn't have cable at the time. We were watching something on PBS, and this little white woman was in West Africa, and she was talking to the people. She was speaking to them in French, and to my surprise, the black folks living in these countries, spoke back in French. And I was like, wait a minute, Black people speak French? Ever since then, I wanted to, I was like, oh, I'm going to learn French, and then I'm going to be an ambassador and to a French-speaking country. That was my goal until about my junior year of high school. So, from seventh grade to junior year, I wanted to be an ambassador to um, to a French-speaking country. That's very so, specific, too. I <laughs> Is 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 that when you realize that you don't speak French well or something? No, that's <laughs> I, no. Actually, I was doing really well in French at the time. Um, I loved taking French, but it shifted, and I really wanted to be a politician for a while. Really mm. wanted to be a politician in the United States and do that kind of thing. And and then I got to law school and found out no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to point out that that's a lawyer is like a very common answer for lots of small children. When they, I just remember when they, anybody asked us, especially as a classroom, mm-hmm. everybody would say a lawyer, and they would say why? Because I like to argue. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, well, all right. Cool. And I just remember everybody saying that, and yeah, I couldn't put it together that. at the time. But I was like, I don't like this. Why are we all doing this? Why are we just saying lawyer? Yeah. My little sister was in kindergarten and they had, it was like one of the, it was a, she went to a school called Kumba and it was like a black, like, school. I hope so. That kindergarten, kindergarten, preschool, like Afrocentric type school. So anyway, for their like kindergarten graduation, which side note, I hate kindergarten graduations. I think they're stupid, but. Thank um, you. At least somebody said it. That wasn't y'all, me. it's not for y'all. <laughs> it's right. clearly for the kids. That's Make fine. them feel like they did something. Yeah, well, my sister did something at her graduation. She got confused and thought that you're supposed to pick a career because you're supposed to get your little certificate and say, when I grow up, my name's whatever your name is, and I'm going to be a blah, blah, blah when I grow up. 
Well, she was confused. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Um, her last name begins with a W, and she thought that that's what she was supposed to do, like pick a career based on your last name. And oh. so she gets up there, and she's like, you know, my name is Lucy Williams, and I want to be a waitress. <laughs> <laughs> the whole room was like, huh? <laughs> Going for a layup and not a jumper? Right. <laughs> the claps were like, listen, you got to clap and be like, at least she's got a dream. <laughs> she want to work at Cheesecake Factory Letter. Listen, so funny. So, 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 so funny. And she's never been a waitress, so I don't know. But That's good. She might have wanted to be a waitress, but like at a at a like uh, a diner that's in between towns. Yeah, that's the only kind of waitress I'd want to be. Like somebody whose name is Flo and <laughs> always calls everybody honey. That's the kind you of You have only like two regulars, so everybody else just them. traveling through. Yeah, you're like, you want the pie or you want the cake? Call <laughs> <laughs> the pie is <laughs> I want that- the pie and the cake. Oh, both. Okay, got it. <laughs> where are you from? Where are you from? I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> Wait, that is not a New Jersey accent. <laughs> <laughs> you got quite the story to tell. I sure <laughs> do. Okay, um, all of our listeners from New Jersey, we apologize. <laughs> I don't apologize for shit. <laughs> That's what somebody from New Jersey would say. They would say that part. All right, somebody from New Jersey would say <laughs> <laughs> apologize for shit. That I, that I, I would. I, I apologize. I'm from Jersey. <laughs> so, hope hopefully that fact that he said that helps you guys. The fact that he said all that and then said she was from New Jersey. Anyways, <laughs> so anyway, back to Kevin and his dad. Uh, well, at, well, basically, so they they finish their coffee and they go back to his dad's office and. His boss comes in. Realize on middle ten. management. Oh no, no! Actually, no. His boss comes in on like fifteen. <laughs> Yo, he's he's. I think that's that was the call before they left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he was said, the call. So, uh, was Mr. Uh, whoever it was said like so and so's on the phone, and he's like, "Well, they can wait. I'll call him back later." And he's like, "This is really important." And he's like. You know, without saying it, like, my son is important, and they go on the break. And mm-hmm. that was a big no-no, because the boss decides to make a face-to-face appearance and choose him out in front of everybody, like, yelling in a small, co- like, a small room. Right. Tiny room. <laughs> With no qualms, baby, because who's going to check him? He's the boss. Yeah, that's what Hell. Jeffrey Dahmer said. I told you, who gonna check me? <laughs> who gonna check me, bro? Yeah, that's what Jeffrey Dahmer said. Who gonna check me, boo? Who gonna check me, boo? That's where Sheree got it from. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, it's sick. It, it was, and then it basically splits from that. Right. Jack walks in, huff. <laughs> I thought he was gonna get fired, like before they. Left. I thought he was gonna get fired right there. Uh huh. But he didn't. But I was like, oh, is this gonna be the thing? Like your run, your one memory of going to work with. Your yeah, dad. like I finally bring my, you got your dad my son to work, and I get fired in front of my son. And your son is like, Jesus Christ! I, I finally get to learn what he does. I I kind of grow to respect him, and now we're both going home, and we're not coming back here. 
right ever again. Both not coming back. <laughs> he walks, so his dad walks in in a huff, and he walks in in a huff. Walks, it's, it's, it's it's a really beautiful little little scene that that like that that last uh, scene when they walk into the house. Mm-hmm. Because then it fades into his dad outside again, looking at stars. And I can't, and you can't, like, back on the, uh, when they both walk in, you can't tell if he's doing that, you know, just to, like, I want to be like my dad. And you're mm-hmm. kind of just exaggerating. Or if he was also pissed off. Right. I think he might have also like, been pissed off. Like, like, he also has, like, listen, Wayne, Karen, Norcom can wear you guys down. I was like, what the hell do you know about it? You were there for like a day. Like, you guys don't understand. It's hard. Right. Like, like and, and I think that's that's kind of probably why why his dad is just like, you know what? You want to come to work with me tomorrow? Like, because I can't explain how, how soul crushing this job yeah. is. You're going you to have to come in it. and get your soul crushed too. <laughs> yes. I'm going to teach you by showing you, son. You're going to yeah, learn the hard I way. I can tell you is basically what he did. Mm-hmm. Look, show, not tell. There you go. The opposite of what we were doing. Tell, not show. Uh, I'm typing. Clickety clack clack. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's also going to be interesting to see how this affects their relationship moving forward. And something we can think about when the inevitable conflicts that come up between Kevin and his dad um, happen and like what how that kind of plays into how he better understands his father throughout the series. So um, I thought it was a really great way of, cause I, I can remember some things about his dad later on. Um, and it's a really great way of us getting to know his father without it. How do I describe it? Like, I like that we're getting his dad's origin story, but not necessarily in chronological order. Like the first thing we learn about his dad is not, what what Jack was like when he was 12. We're learning about Jack right now. We're le- we're a very present part of Jack's life. Um, so I thought that was really good too. Um, and I also, something that we didn't really talk about, but we just touched on, was that what was able to move Jack from being just like angry and upset and pissed off to being willing to bring his son with him um, and to answer his son's questions was his wife. Right, uh, she, she stepped up. That's true. Yeah, that that's was true. Really, we kind of overlooked it. Like, yeah. like, like, yo, she's like, chill. no, like, son wants to like get to know you, bro. Like, relax. I'm being like, a dick. Yeah, All right, fine. Dick. He's a son. Like, he wants to talk to you. Like, hello. So I, I thought that that was actually, um, kind of a tender moment too of like mm-hmm. this husband and wife. Like, babe. Like, yeah, our kids get on our nerves. None of us really know what you do, but like. Come on, like he's trying. Can you please. just try a little bit? Like, please, shit. And so I, I appreciated that interaction, um, and I also appreciated something that I think maybe uh, marriages don't have a lot of. It's like people having their own individual stuff that they do by themselves without their partner, without the kids. So I really value that he like enjoys this telescope and looking at the sky. Um, because it reminds him of what he wanted to be when he was little. Yeah. Yeah, I just... It kind of rounds out his character a bit. Yeah, it out really... Yeah. It was a really good episode, actually. Like, right. Solid episode. He um, finally understands why his dad stares at the stars every night. Yep. Why traffic is traffic. Why the day is the day. Why... <laughs> um, yeah, so I really... I really appreciated this episode. 
I mean, every episode is going to be great because it's the Wonder Years and they're wonderful. <laughs> you see? Yeah. Yeah. We're, Wonder. We're Wonderland. It's, it's Wonder. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> Fife is not gonna I'm just going like to sandbag it. the hell out of that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. Just be preppered. Uh, but yeah, I loved it. I, I love this episode. I love getting to see his dad, um, you know, be vulnerable. Um, and I really love the mimicking of his father's anger when he comes in, whether it was fully his own anger or if it's just like, I'm going to be like dad. Either way, I love that. Again, trying on adulthood, seeing what fits, seeing what works. So I really like that. And like towards towards the end, uh, we see Kevin kind of, uh, he steps outside and, and then he knows that like he's not afraid of his dad anymore. Mm-hmm. In the same way, and that he felt like he lost something, but now he's humanized his father, and it's like yeah. he's vulnerable. So like things, these things that are happening all over can happen to him too. Like kind of mm-hmm. like Brian Cooper, he was just some cool kid, you know, and he's dead. Life touched him. Like what the fuck? I didn't know that can happen to young people. And it's like you see your father and it's like he's just dad he's the breadwinner you know he's angry whatever but like you know you, you kind of assume like my parents will always be there and you see like oh he's human and he had dreams and he's soft and it's like fuck man nothing's what I thought it was and everything's yeah. changing I think it's actually really really weird because I, I was thinking the the book that I, I always think of, think of when I think of the wool being pulled from over your eyes and you finally seeing your parents as human mm-hmm. the the book that I think Ghost at a Watchman mm. the, yeah. sequel, the sequel to, to, uh, to Mockingbird the late sequel yeah yeah the, the horribly late sequel you know I, I'm glad it finally finally got out but you know and, and you know when Scout finally really her dad might not be who she thought he was mm-hmm. he's a he human he has flaws like everybody else, you know, and it's, and the, it's, I mean, it happens. It's it's almost a trope, basically, you know. Yeah. You finally seeing your parents as humans. They don't know everything. Not just actually. your parents. They're just people. Like not only did everyone else, but like like my dad yells at me, but like he has somebody who yells at him, huh? What is oh. that about? What? It's like my. It's like when you know, like for me, I have this moment with my dad when I saw him get yelled at by my grandfather and it just kind of like clicked in my head, like, Oh, like my dad is over me, but like, mm-hmm. like he has a boss. There's somebody above him. Like mm-hmm. who tells him to do things and say, he says that he's wrong. And that was just such a like, Whoa, like, okay. Pawpaw is my Pawpaw because he's the father of my dad. Like he's my dad's dad. Oh, okay. and it doesn't yeah. stop. And it doesn't yeah. stop. Yeah. Just because you know he's not a child anymore. Yeah, it's like it's in the in a place in history. Like it 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 plots you, um, Mm -hmm. it grounds you in some ways that like, oh, my parents are a part of something bigger. And if they're a part of something bigger, then that means I'm a part of something bigger. Whoa, the world is big, so on and so forth, which again touches on the Wonder Years title in a different way. Like, oh my gosh, I'm wondering. I'm like, oh wow, there's so much more to the world, it's so much bigger than I am. Um Yeah, I love this show. Did either of you watch How I Met Your Mother? Yes. No. The circle of screaming. This is is why I'm thinking, like, I don't know what twist is coming to where, like, we're finally going to catch up to 
Kevin in the <laughs> in the present telling this to somebody. I don't know, but like that's what I'm waiting on. Well, I've got you know stuff to tell you when we get there, but we're not there yet. We're Anyways, not there. The circle of screaming is what I thought about when I watched this episode. Mm-hmm. I don't even when, remember when, that. Um, and well, in that in the, in the episode of the Circle of Screaming, that was Marshall was working for Arthur Hobbs, artillery Arthur, the guy that used to yell at him so much. Mm-hmm. He he get yelled at, at at work. Marshall yelled at Lily. And oh the, yeah. The, Lily yelled at yelled at the kindergartners. Then the kindergartner went home and yelled at her father, who was Arthur. <laughs> uh. It was like the Circle. No, 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 my father, oh, man. Who, who's Arthur's boss? Yeah, and then who went to yell at Arthur? Who went to yell at Marsh? Yeah, it's like the, the circle of scream. <laughs> Forgot all about that. You get yelled at by your boss. What are you gonna do? Post thoughts. Uh, any any fantastical Pfeiffer theories, Kimbo? Uh, no, no real. The- well, not really. Dude, a we got theory. the military industrial complex front and center. In this you ain't got no theories. Nah, because that's just a thing we deal with. Um, <laughs> like, no, that's not a theory. That's a set of facts. It's a theory that I, it's not really a theory to have. Just like I, I just watched the father and just a relationship. I just feel like one of those things. Like, oh, he might die of a heart attack at some point. Just like, uh, uh, spoiler alert: uh, uh, Sean's dad in Boy Meets World dies. Uh, Jonathan Kent in Smallville dies. Like, just one of those things where, like, oh, you like your father now? Cool, he's dead. Did you you learn anything? (laughs) You learned everything. Just like Disney movies. Your your parents are dead. Did you learn anything? That's fine. You still got an hour and a half to go in this movie. You'll learn something. (laughs) That's terrible. That's awesome. <laughs> um, you can't do a long term coming of age story where everybody lives. And you already killed they, off Brian Cooper. Like, Brian Cooper. Brian Cooper the on. first episode. I was gonna say Brian Cooper. Got, that's just a small fish that we just barely knew. Like we bought we bought that fish at the fish store and he died in the bag on the way home. We still got other fish. We got other fish that we are attached to that could die. It won't even be a fish next time. It has to be like a dog. Like a fish is too small. You know what I mean? Gonna be something big. Gotta be big. Gotta be big. So the 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 question that we ask and we haven't done this episode is uh black people count? Black folks in this episode? I got zero. I got zero. I, I got a goose egg. Not even a black janitor or a secretary. <laughs> no melanin. Not not even a black secretary. Whiter than the bread that Pfeiffer ate during the first <laughs> episode of this show. <laughs> and that's that on that. So, this is an episode. Yeah, it's an episode. Uh, thank you for if you've been, you know, thank you for staying with us this long and we hope to, you know, hope to, uh, to see you next time. Yeah. Follow us on all socials. Um, we like you guys a lot, especially when you invite your friends to listen as well. Be sure to um, leave us a review on iTunes, but only if it's like four or five stars. Otherwise, don't do that. Let's uh, keep it. Yeah, if it's three or less, we don't want it. We don't want it, girl. Shit. But no. otherwise, give us some stars or some feedback. Anything you want to let us know, be sure to do that. And you know, we're on the we're on the interwebs at. 
this website. Right. Here. And you can follow us on Twitter. I mean, on Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram at, at candyman.gov. <laughs> and you can join our Facebook group where we talk about the wonderful wonder years. So, and stuff. Stay black, black people. And uh, stay whatever you are, non black people. <laughs> Please stay whatever you are. Please stay whatever you are. Oh my God. <laughs>